mentally, we think about marathons a lot differently. We think about running differently. Um, And we also don't always take as much care of ourselves as maybe like our male counterparts because we're like naturally caregivers. Mm. That means, you know, am I taking care of the dog? Am I taking care of the house? Yes, but like I'm not taking care of myself. And like self-care in a marathon is like so important because otherwise you risk overtraining, burnout, mental fatigue, and just injury. What's up, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, host of the Adult Education Podcast. This is episode 63, and joining me today is author Allie Nolan. Now, before we get started, I want to take a quick second to thank you for checking out my podcast. Adult Education was formerly known as Be More Well, so if you're looking for Be More Well, you are in the right place. If you missed why I changed the name, you can check out episode 60 for more on that. But thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. I really hope that you're able to find some new information, some knowledge, and maybe some inspiration each week from my different guests. I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the show so you'll be notified of all future episodes. And if you have a minute, it would be very helpful if you could leave a rating and review so the podcasting gods know what you think of adult education. I love that. I met today's guests near the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that I met her because we've never met in person. I reached out to Allie Nolan because I saw an article that she wrote for Runner's World magazine. The article discussed the anxieties and stresses that can come along with running. And at that time that I saw the article, I was battling issues just like that in my own life. So on a whim, I looked her up, shot her a message via Instagram, and thankfully she said yes to an interview with me. And you can hear that magic in episode nine of this podcast. During that conversation, though, Allie had mentioned to me that she was working on a book. And I told her that I definitely wanted her back on the show when it came out. So here we are. The book is finally out. I'm so excited for her. It's called Master the Marathon, the Ultimate Training Guide for Women. I could not be more proud of Allie and the work that she's done. As you'll hear in the conversation coming your way here in just a second, the book is great. I think she's put together all the things that people, specifically women, need to hit the ground running pun intended there. And even though this is a guide designed for women, I think the information works for both genders in so many ways. I know that I definitely learned things from it that I didn't know before. So I wouldn't say you can't buy it if you're a guy. Just understand that it's more designed uh, for females. And we'll talk more about that in this conversation. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the wonderful ball of energy that I like to call the Ted Lasso of running, Allie Nolan. My God, it's 328. I've got to go. i got to go. <laughs> I know this is like the story of my life is, is that feeling. I don't, I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) I usually have a background too behind me, but it's like buried behind something and I'm like, ah, forget it. I'll just roll with it. Allie won't care. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is something I do not care. I know. I'm like, Oh, I should put up one of those fake backgrounds, but that's no fun. We have this like ever present, like just pile of things that no matter how much organizing and cleaning and donating of clothes and whatever that we do, there's just yeah. always a pile of things. And I can't yeah. figure out where it always comes from. Like I don't, I, that's, you're never going to figure it out. Like, that's <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Have, <laughs> how, have you like been um, in your house for like a super long time? Uh, so I did go back to the office uh, after July 4th or uh, I guess um, like the week before July 4th, I went back to the office, but I'm there like five hours a day and then I'm home. Um, oh, so I'm yeah. still doing this so at home. This, like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really good. But like, I found like the last, since I've been working at home, it's just like stuff has, has accumulated, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. This is just my life now where I have books like randomly places. So yeah, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> and with a, with a baby too, like forget it. You're, you're oh, done for. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. I mean, and she's, she's at an age right now. I mean, babies, you have to keep an eye on no matter what, but she's at an age now where she's moving like crazy. So I can't even yeah. just like, like I, when I was working from home and broadcasting the morning show that I'm on from home, it was, it was one thing because she was young enough where I could just kind of put her down. And that's where yeah. I knew she would be when I turned back around because she wasn't really moving. But now yeah. I put her down and she's like across the room within seconds. Yeah. Like, where, where'd she yeah. go? Where'd she go? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, I can't even like stop for five minutes to, it's hard enough to make like lunch and dinner, let alone do um, anything else. Cause I just can't put her down. <laughs> I know. She, that's awesome. Actually, that she's that quick. I mean, like, I love watching like babies at that age that are just like, 
I don't know. Their movements are so funny yeah. to me because it's like, well, how are you so fast, but you're moving like a seal? Like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I do love it. And I think it's amazing, like, how yeah. great she is at moving and how much she's growing. She's ahead of the game in certain things, um, nice. you know, according to the doctor, which is awesome. But at the same time, yeah. like, can you just sit still? Like, just give me chill. 30 right. minutes. Yeah. I just need, thir- I just got to do this meeting or whatever. And then we're good. She's like, nope. No, no, no. No, yeah. <laughs> no way. She is just beautiful, though. I love, I oh, love thank you. you guys. Yeah, no, so cool. <laughs> She's a good kid. We, we could definitely do worse. I'll say that. That's for sure. Well, uh, it's it's so good to talk to you again. Uh, and I'm so excited that now we're doing, because the first time we spoke and the only time that we've really spoken, you know, physically yeah. spoken, was when you mentioned that you had this book coming out to me. And I don't even know if you had like really started writing it yet. I think you were in the beginning phases of even mapping out like an outline. And now yeah. I have this book in my hand as we're talking and I'm just so happy for you. It's super crazy. It's like really crazy that it is a thing now. So, um, yay. <laughs> You've been publishing articles and publishing work for a long time. How does it yeah. feel different to have a book versus, you know, an article? Cause I mean, you, it's not like you stopped writing articles and stopped doing other things, but so how, do, what's the difference between that versus here's a published book? So I think like with articles, you're kind of like, okay, here's this thing. It, it took me three hours and it lives online <laughs> and um, like you, it, it lives online for five seconds, right? Yeah. And then people read it and probably forget about it or maybe think about it like twice more in their lifetime. A book feels like amazing because it's like, it's there, you know, like even if it is like not the best <laughs> It's still going to live for like a long time, but I do think it's good. Like, I really think that um, it turned out really well. And I, I had to do like a ton of research. So that's like a huge difference between some of the articles that I've written. And this um, is just like the amount of time spent talking to people and gathering information and putting love into it. And, you know, I think that that's kind of a a cool thing that'll make it um, longer lasting. And you can tell you did your research in this too. Like by reading it, I can just look at like she knows what she's talking about. Like this is not just like I'm throwing this thing together last minute. Here's my project. Like there is legit information in here that I'm just so excited is in one place. And people don't have to go searching through article to article to find all this. It's all here in this book now. Yes. I Okay. So that is what I wanted more than anything in my life is they're just – there just wasn't something like this, right? Specifically for women, especially where there was just like a comprehensive guide for marathoners. And I was like, why isn't there a book that just tells me what to do at every step? And because that's all I ever want is for something to just be easy um, and for somebody to tell me what to do (laughs) Um, in terms of training. And so I'm super glad that you had that reaction to it. Um, Probably I could have written another 300 pages if I wanted to get every single thing in there, every single strength program I think people should be doing. But, um, you know, I don't know, volume two, maybe I can write about, you know, everything else. I mean, you see that with like recipe books, like really popular recipe books will come out and like two years later, there'll be like the updated version with an extra 50 pages or whatever. Like, hey, master the marathon volume two. I can see it. I would love it. I mean, I don't know what else I would write. I'd be like, okay, guess what? I did another marathon, which is the goal, by the way. And and here's more crap I learned. But <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it is so true because like I know when I – I have not done a marathon, but when I have uh, done half marathons or done any sort of training, I, I'll Google like, okay, what's a good way to start planning for this? What are my miles week by week plan? And you never find everything in one place. You know, like in one – site, you'll see like a breakdown of how many miles per week you should run. Another site, you'll see a breakdown of what kind of exercise you should do. Another site will be about like diet and what kind of foods you should be. There's never a comprehensive, like, here it is. Feed me all in one meal. Like I want my breakfast, lunch, and dessert in one place as opposed yeah. to or that's breakfast. That's not even a whole thing. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner <laughs> all in one place. Like it's, a, but I know I'm sorry. Skip dinner and we'll add dessert. Yeah. Uh, but it, the, the internet is just like, it's all over the place. And that's ultimately like my favorite thing about this book uh, is just that you've, you've got it all. Yay. I'm so glad because seriously, like, I don't know about you, but when I'm doing that Google thing that everybody does where you're trying to find all the information, like your head starts to spin. And, Mm -hmm. um, also 
there's a lot of great plans on the internet and then there's a lot of like garbage plans on the internet and then there's just some that are like yeah you could use that plan it's like your bread and butter plan but like is that gonna make you be awesome you know like I, I don't know so hopefully this will give people like um you know uh, inspiration to run their best races and I also wanted all of the plants to be kind of fun you yeah. know like I wanted this to be like this doesn't have to be um the worst you know 12 months because I think everybody should train for a marathon for 12 months spoiler alert sorry everybody <laughs> but like um it doesn't have to be the worst of your life it can actually be really fun and awesome well and you work that in to the story if you will throughout the book because you'll have you know here's a layout of what kind of mileage you should be working on but then then you talk about like mental state and how you should be feeling and you talk about the tests that you should run just to make sure that you're in the right place and, and you, so you do build the narrative of the entire puzzle it's not just piece by piece here you've got the entire thing put together in a very comprehensive way I hope that's what people get from it and you know I was cognizant of the fact that like some people will just open it up and like skip pre-base and like, you know, and go right to nutrition. So I tried to write it in such a way that like you can chunk it and say like, okay, well, here's what I need. But especially with like the mental pieces of it, I wanted people to kind of start building um, their grit from the get-go and then also try to find their ways of getting into zone. That's like, um, my ultimate goal for myself all the time is to like trick myself into zone. doesn't happen (laughs) often, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) And so, yeah, like I really was hopeful that, um, people would take some of that stuff out of it because not, not any plan that I've seen has like the sports psychology aspect in it. And I think it's like super important. Oh, 100%. I think that was the thing you and I talked about the first time we spoke was more of the Mm -hmm. psychological stuff that goes on with running. And you did just publish another article recently that touched on that, which we'll talk about uh, in a minute. Um, One thing, though, I want to ask you, besides being a woman, what was the goal to write one for specifically women? Well, it definitely comes from the fact that I am a woman. (laughs) Um, But definitely, like, I just um, saw a gap, right? Like I, I kind of saw who is writing running plans, who is coaching for both genders. And it was predominantly like old white dudes. And that's fine. Like I love them and I've used their plans for forever. Um, and I've been coached by white guys and that's cool. But like, I just thought, you know, there isn't, um, a female voice in this book space. And so I really wanted to, be that voice, but I also recognize my limitations. I'm not a coach, you know, I, I haven't studied for years um, for to earn a degree in exercise science and these things are complicated. So I wanted to like get my best, I wanna say my best friends, they are my best friends now. Um, like <laughs> my, my best female coaches into the book and like, you know, share their voices because they really are the experts. And um, I just, felt like there's so many female running coaches. There's so many female personal trainers and nutritionists, and they don't often get featured as, as much as men. I think that's changing now actually, which is awesome in the media. But, uh, I thought that this would be a really good space to amplify what they know. What are some of the biggest differences between say coaching a male runner versus a female runner? Yeah. So I think that. When it comes like to your physical body, um, like there's just so many differences and it's just like so silly that we would be doing the exact same things. Um, And like one of them, for example, um, that is, you know, and I don't want to generalize too much, but like for myself, I'm quad dominant. So when I was training, I was doing a lot of squats based on a strength plan that was kind of written for a dude and um, or just written for both genders. And I wasn't doing hamstring work and you know, that was like a blind spot and I injured myself. I, I had a hamstring tendonitis situation and, and that's all, you know, related to overstretching and not strengthening enough. So I was like, okay, there's one thing that like, had I known that many females are quad dominant, I might have remedied this. So then I started looking into like, well, what else, um, 
do we, are we like, how else are we different? So hips is a big one. Um, we either have like really tight hips or our hip flexors are not as flexible. Um, and we also have just wider hips shaped differently. So our legs um, are shaped in a way that actually can, uh, studies actually disagree on this, but like um, what I've read is that our lower extremities don't take the force as well as somebody that has like a straighter line. Um, and I think it makes sense, which, so that's, you know, something that I thought it doesn't hurt to build up your calf muscles to do more ankle mobility, um, and to really train your feet because like you want things to be strong. Otherwise you get injured during marathon training. Um, the other thing is like, we just have more body fat, like, duh, we have boobs and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you got like, boobs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like, not a bad thing. That's just like how we're made. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, and actually like our, our fat in, in like longer races and ultra races, like is, you know, beneficial to us. Like we can like, you know, the, a lot of studies have been done on, you know, how we might be better suited for longer distances. And that's exciting. Um, but when it comes to the marathon, I was like, okay, well, does that matter that much? Like equipment wise? Yeah, it does. Because like finding the right sports bra, like that's sure. important and stuff like that. Um, and then I make an argument for trying to like train your VO2 max a little bit more. Um, and that's really just speed work. And a lot of women don't incorporate track workouts and um, intervals and, and tempo runs. Um, and they just kind of run long miles to train for a marathon. But if you want to run your best marathon, um, working that VO2 max, working your aerobic capacity or anaerobic capacity is really, really, really important. And I'm like, okay, we're never going to have as big of hearts and lungs as men, but let's just like say that's a deficit that we need to work on because it gives us something to aim for. So those are kind of some of the differences. Um, and then mentally, I just think we think about marathons a lot differently. We think about running differently. Um, and we also don't always take as much care of ourselves as maybe like our male counterparts, because we're like um, naturally caregivers. Mm. And like, so that means, you know, am I taking care of the dog? Am I taking care of the house? Sure. Yes. But like, I'm not taking care of myself. And like that self-care in a marathon is like so important because otherwise you risk overtraining burnout, you know, mental fatigue and just injury. Oh my gosh. It's so true. I remember, um, it wasn't my first half marathon, but it was one of the first half marathons I did during my training. I did like an 11 mile training run before the actual race, like the week of the race. And I remember like my body went into shock afterwards. I, when I finally got home from my run, I had to go sit in the shower with the heat on as high as possible. Cause I was freezing and shaking. Uh. And I just, I, I realized like afterwards I hadn't been, I wasn't, I was overtired. I was trying to run yeah. after working, like doing all these different things. And I was like, I'm not taking care of myself. And this is my body telling me that I'm screwing up and that I'm doing something horribly wrong. And it's just something that I had never really thought too much about. Like I kind of thought I was invincible and I could just go out and run. It's, it's running. It's whatever. Like we're fine. But my body was right? like, no, no, you need to do some other things here too. And what's so cool about that though, is that you recognized you you were like, Hey, something is wrong. Well, it's my terrifying. body is telling me this. <laughs> yeah. So many people though are like, Oh, it, it, this must just be what you feel after an 11 right. miler or like, they're like, I've got to take this shower and then I got to buck up and I've got to go run another two miles tomorrow or something stupid like that. You know, I'm, not to call people stupid, but like, seriously, you have to listen. You have to listen to those signs and warnings. And I've been there. Like I've been, but I, I'm, I was one of those stupid people that was like, <laughs> oh, I ran seven miles today and my shins are killing me, but I'm just going to run tomorrow too. It's fine. Like, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things that you mentioned there uh, that I do want to talk about because there are things that I'm seeing in your book and your work that I haven't really seen people talk about before. Um, but before we get into that, I, I just, just popped into my head because we're talking about training plans. Did you see the story about Molly Seidel on the airplane? Oh, the guy yeah. that like, yes. Yeah. So anybody listening who hasn't heard this story, Molly Seidel is the U.S. runner who won the bronze in the women's marathon in uh, in the Olympics. And 
And she goes to get on a plane and she sits down next to this guy. Somehow it gets brought up that she's a runner. And then he like, he's like, Oh, okay. And he starts like talking to her about all these like plans and training routines. Like, like she's never really heard of like running before. Meanwhile, like in her bag is a bronze medal. From <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and it's he, kind of didn't amazing. he like bring up her? Yes. Was, like the, an article about her. And he was like, um, yeah, you should see this Olympic uh, runner runs really high mileage. Maybe you should try this. And it was like her training yes. plan, which is just like she and she was so cute about it. And she wasn't like angry at all when she tweeted about it. And I was like, dude, I would have been like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> would have been like, see that name right there? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that story, though, I immediately thought of you. I'm like, I feel like this is an article right here. Like, <laughs> yeah, it should be. It's actually, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I know because like that happens a lot, actually. Like I will. And, and just like, like I said, I'm not like the, uh, ultimate expert on everything, but like, if some, if I'm like, well, I'm writing a book about marathons, like inevitably somebody will mansplain to me about what a marathon is. And I'm like, right. sweet. Thank you. Like, <laughs> As if I've done no research for the book I'm writing right, right now. <laughs> right. We were talking about how you kind of have everything in one comprehensive place. And, and I do think that for beginners that are looking to run, and maybe I'm ignorant in this, but beginners that are looking to run, one of the first things that you see all the time is just huh. mileage breakdowns by by week, by day, like here's what you should run on Monday, Tuesday, leading up to your race. I know this book is about marathons, but obviously there are plans for different races out there that people can see. But you start right out with like a baseline for people that maybe haven't been running high mileage yet. And I think you said it's less than 10 miles a week. You should start with this. And it's a lot of walking. And I just I just don't think people people realize that just moving your body and getting your body used to that movement is such an important first step. Like everybody wants to walk out the door and immediately start running, but that can lead to a, you know, a, a very dangerous situation for you down the line. Yeah, 100%. And like, and also it's not really enjoyable when you first start out to go and be like, I, I have to hit two miles sure. today and it has to be all running. Um, the run walk program to get to, you know, your first 5k, which is actually like what that very early base stage builds you up towards, um, is so effective because like, not only does it like build your confidence to just like be moving, but it, it makes your legs stronger. It makes your bones stronger and your tendons stronger. So, you know, it's, it's really, an easy way to kind of like almost trick your body into being a runner. Um, and it's really enjoyable. Like, and I'm actually like, I'm coming back from an injury. And so I want to go out and run five miles because like, that's what I'm used to doing, but I've been, um, taking my own advice and doing run walking miles and it's, it's fun. Like, and you never like lose your breath. You never feel like you're overtired and you really do feel like, Hey, I, I can do this for, you know, 40 minutes at a time. Um, so yeah, I really encourage anybody that is under 10 miles that is like even thinking about running anything at all to like give a uh, run walking a try. I think too, that if you say were a runner and you've taken some time off, it's hard. And this is something that I've battled with. It's hard to take that time off and then decide you want to run again and start slow because in your head, you're like, I've already done this before. I've already yeah. run that half marathon or that marathon, whatever. I can just start running. It's fine. But no, like your body has just <laughs> naturally regressed and that's okay because that's what bodies do. So you have to take it slow. I mean, that was my biggest problem. I tried to force it um, last summer. I tried to force it and I just ended up like, you know, kind of injuring myself and having to just stop altogether because my, my legs were sore. My, I like, I didn't have plantar fasciitis, but I had like an issue with my lower, like with my foot in the arch of my foot. I'm like, I just couldn't, couldn't really do it. And it's because I tried, I tried to jump out too fast instead of yep. just taking my time and, and warming up to it, easing into it. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's just such a common, um, mistake that people make and it's, it's no big deal. I think they say like, um, in two weeks, basically you start losing your fitness. So like, if you've taken oh, the mind's years long off. gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, it's like, Oh no, what happens now? <laughs> but yeah, 
Yeah, that sucks. So what, what were you training for then? Were you trying to do another half? Uh, not really. I was just really trying to get back into it. And, um, there's, um, a few people in Baltimore that go by the name of believe in the run. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, they do a lot of shoe reviews and a lot of different things. So they, they had this uh, thing and I forget, it was called grit where they had like different levels of mileage to run in a month. It was like, you got a different color t-shirt or different goodies, depending on which mileage you did. And I was like, oh, in a month I could do, I think I did 75 miles or something like that. I'm like, I could do 75 miles in a month. It's like, you know, less than three miles a day. Like I can, oh my goodness. And I'm an idiot. Like I, I went out there and I thought this is great. I even just tried to start. So I was like, I'll do like two miles today and I'll, you know, by next week I'll be up to five. No, not even close. Like I think I eventually got to 75, but I did a lot of walking and just counted it as running. <laughs> And it should count. I feel like that's wonderful. But at the same time, I'm like 75 miles in a month after not running a whole lot. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. And those challenges are freaking awesome. Like, I love that. I want a different colored t-shirt, but at the same time, it it almost (laughs) leads so many people astray. I know. And I'm like, Oh no, don't do that. And like my book is, um, it's super conservative in terms of mileage because like the ultimate goal is getting to the start line healthy so you know I I don't say like I I was just talking to a woman who is running like literally 70 miles a week and I was just like "Mm, that's not for everyone and it just isn't like realistically like our bodies many of us cannot handle it she was like one of those like actual people that look like a marathoner you know like (laughs) little like short like (laughs) But that's an interesting thing yeah. too, because they're they're it's it's kind of like talking about social media. You see people in their best day, so it's really easy to get down about yourself or down about things because you, you look at social media and think, "Oh my God, everything is perfect for these people that I see." And running is kind of in that same way because you only really see advice from the top tier runners and top tier coaches that are out there. And what they're talking about is not always relevant to the average every day. Like I just worked eight hours, got home and I want to do a little run before I take care of my kids or whatever person. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, it's really easy for really gifted and talented runners to be prescribing plans that are like, you know, doing race pace, hill repeats at, you know, whatever, <laughs> four or four miles, like, I don't know. And you're just like, oh man, um, can I do that? I should be able to do that. They said I can do that, right. you know, and, and it, it sometimes it does not make sense for you and your body type. And like, I'm, I'm like a, a taller human that's a mid packer. And I really wanted, you know, to have like plans and advice for the vast majority of us that are mid packers or back of the packers. And like, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of us as humans that, that do races and aren't elite. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like good for us. <laughs> I love that. I love those terms, mid packers and backpackers on this, because I, I do think it's important to understand that you don't, you don't have to win. Like if you go out for a race and you've got a goal in mind, I want you to hit that goal and I want you to do everything. But you know, there are people that do this for a living <laughs> that do this <laughs> yes. in the Olympics and, and chances are very good that you're probably not going to win that race. So setting a goal is important, but not beating yourself up over that ultimate thing is also very, very important. Yeah. That's to me, one of the biggest challenges runners face, especially like the intermediate to advanced runner who might be trying to qualify for Boston, which is like a huge thing um, for people. And I talk a lot about extrinsic and intrinsic goals and making sure like, yeah, you can have that goal to qualify for Boston, but like, what is your other goal? Like, what is your personal growth goal? And that's, won't make you so sad when you maybe don't make the extrinsic goal. Like, you know, you have to like define another layer of mastery for yourself because otherwise you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Um, Maybe not the race you run next, but the race after that, like, I think it's just really important to, you know, not be so dependent on results. Um, And I know some advanced and intermediate runners will like listen to that and be like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) But I truly believe that um, there's more to running than just, you know, your times. 
And in fact, I know we're talking about the book, but you did just write an article for Runner's World. The title is it, The Best Way to Improve Your Running is to Stop Caring About Your Time So Much. And you do touch yes. on some of the same information in the book, Master the Marathon. But but that is that's so true that like, you know, I remember my goal when I was running half marathons was I wanted to get under two hours. I just wanted to have a one at the start of my time. And eventually I did get it. Uh, which was fantastic. But it was like, you know, if once I got to that point, it was just like, okay, now I don't really care. And running became really enjoyable to me after that. Like I realized that yes. I was pushing myself so hard for this goal, which in itself is okay. But then when I hit that goal, I enjoyed running so much more. After <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel so happy about, you know, like, ah, uh, I know. And this happens so often. And like, so one thing that happened to me was like, I ran this 5k at a certain point and I got to the end of it. And, um, somebody was like, Hey, good job or something like that. And I like looked at my watch and I like stomped away and it was like, you know, something, it was actually like, it was a decent time. It was like 24 or something. Right. And it was That's in the great. middle of July. And I know, yeah, I thought so. Um, now I think so. But back then, I guess it was about two years ago. Um, I really thought, that this was terrible because I didn't hit a personal record. Um, and I wasn't accounting for weather or feeling or, you know, time of the month or whatever, like, you know, which all factor into how you're going to perform on any sure. given day. And, um, yeah, I was like, when I look back at that now, I just like see how flawed my thinking about running was because I am not going to win a race. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not that fast. And, um, I do this, for enjoyment, like, you know, and so now I, in the article I just wrote, I advise leaving your watch at home every once in a while and just like learning to trust your body and like feeling what it feels like to trust your body because like, it really does, it makes such a difference when you're just like, I'm running for the sake of, you know, the beautiful feeling I have afterwards instead of like, because I want to beat my three mile time that I ran yesterday. Like that's, it's crazy. Like, why are you doing that? Like, think about that. Like, that doesn't make sense. So yeah. tell your ego to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you use a key word there, enjoyment. And 99% of us that are running are running for enjoyment. You may have a goal, yeah. but you're doing it because you enjoy what you're doing. You're not winning a cash prize. You're not getting a sponsorship <laughs> from Nike. You're not going to the Olympics. 99% of us, like, that's what we're doing. We're just out there running for fun. So if you're not right. enjoying it, why the hell are you doing it? The first time? I don't know. I know. And like, it's really interesting. Like you can get so caught up in this cycle of results and like it happened to me, it happens to me still. And I have to snap myself out of it, but it's like, um, you, you really can lose yourself and, and lose the perspective of like, this is for fun. Um, because you're constantly trying to be better, but like being better doesn't necessarily like being a better person doesn't necessarily need to rely on what your watch is saying. Yep. I think my, uh, my top 5k time, uh, was about 24 minutes as well. And when I did start losing my speed a little bit, I got closer to 30 and I started like getting so heartbroken over it. And I'm like, why am I so slow? I was doing yeah. so well. And then my wife and I did a 5k over the summer with our baby. So we had the stroller oh. and we were, we were those parents pushing our baby in a 5k. And you know what? Our, our, our goal, we had two goals. One goal was not last. And the second goal was we'd <laughs> like to get it done in 40 minutes. And me three years ago would have punched me today in the face for that like 40 <laughs> minutes what are you kidding like it's crazy that's ridiculous you can do it fast but it was it just made it so much more enjoyable not feeling that pressure to try to set a new record to try to do it was just like wow we just had a really great morning running and walking yeah. like a mixture of the two with our daughter just having a good time together that sounds like the most magical race also those like jogging strollers. I don't know if you have a jogging stroller. We those do. are heavy. They are. I can't even deal with how heavy those are. Like it's the only crazy. stroller that we have right now. So it's okay. crazy. Like we bring that thing everywhere and it is a monster. Like it's big. It's a beast. Yeah. I had to like, my one friend was like, Oh, can you just like take the wheel of this? Like for a second when her baby was in it. And I was like, sure. And then I was like, I can't do this. Like, well, how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so kudos so that's incredible yeah we do have a smaller stroller but she's not big enough for it yet so we're just kind of waiting till she packs on a few more pounds and then we can start using her in a smaller stroller for like grocery store runs <laughs> i love that <laughs> 
All right, right so, now you have to jog everywhere because you have the jogging stroller. I know. <laughs> I got to get my use out of it too. Like, I feel like I really need to get this. Um, so another thing that I think people can get lost in when they search online, if they're trying to do, you know, a marathon training plan is the exercising and the working out. And I don't know if enough people, people emphasize that the way that they should. And I love that in master the marathon here, you've put a ton of different exercises and really, you know, put the things that people should probably focus on along with wonderful images, which by the way, are you the model in those? I, I am unfortunately okay. the model. And there's like a few, some of the pictures are kind of hard to see, but I'm like, that looks like Allie's face. I think that might be her. I, I've only ever seen you really from like shoulders up because of Zoom calls. So Right, exactly. So you didn't know that I am secretly an exercise model. No, not at all. Um, yeah, we just, my husband and I like just went and took photos and like now I, I think they're like so cute because they're like mini knees. Yeah. So I might just like take them out and paste them places. I don't know if that's kind of weird, but whatever. I guess <laughs> The strength um, is so important. Like it's so crucial. And this is something that I learned when I worked at Runner's World that like um, most runners just kind of don't, you know, they're kind of like, um, why am I, why would I need the gym? I run every day. I'm super healthy because I run every day and I don't need to lift weights. Or in some women believe that if they pick up like even a five pound dumbbell that they're all of a sudden going to get bulky. And I know that for you know, some runners, that extra weight is like very scary to them because yeah, carrying extra weight is going to slow you down a bit. Guess what? Like you, you don't get bulky from lifting weights, like <laughs> unless you want to, you have to and try. even when you want to, <laughs> it's so hard. Like it's so hard to build muscle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the strength plans are made to complement the running plans. And, um, th- one of the coolest things I learned was that plyometrics um, should go before you start training your in-season training for a marathon and plyometrics, which is like your jump squats and stuff, yeah. um, jump lunges, uh, just power building um, will increase your speed. So that's something that I've been like, Oh sweet. Like I'm not training for my half marathon yet, which is my goal for next spring. So I'm trying to work in plyometrics now. And then, you know, once I'm in season training, I will be working in just like the kind of easy strength routines. And it is easy. Like, I think that they're very, very, um, you know, not hard exercises and they only all take 30 minutes. And that's if you're going super slow and watching TV, because that's how I do all of my <laughs> strength training. <laughs> so you pop up an episode of Ted Lasso and do your strength training while you're in there. Oh my gosh. So Ted Lasso is the best. Yeah, he <laughs> like, is. I'm, he is. I'm obsessed. I want to be the, um, I want to be running's Ted Lasso. Like that's my goal. In life. <laughs> I think you're off to a great start. You're off to a great start. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there's something else I to do too. I make you biscuits. Oh, yeah. Please, please make me like make me healthy running biscuits. That would be great. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Yes, a good, a good, that's that's for the next book for volume two or for the you know the add-ons. You can have your biscuit recipe in there. I love that. Yes, I'll put it on my site. It's cool. Yeah. Um, we, we you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, and I forgive me, I'm going to say it wrong because it's escaped me. But the v, VO2 test is that? Yeah, VO2 max. VO2 yeah. max says okay. So you talk about testing in general, and, and it's important to sort of test yourself. And, and tell me more about that because I have. I honestly haven't really seen that at all in any running plans that I've seen. So seeing that in here, I was like, okay, this seems very valuable, but now I want to know more about it. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun for people to do tests to like diagnose like their strengths and their weaknesses. Like I thought for me, that would be kind of cool. It's kind of like taking those weird like BuzzFeed tests online, like quizzes, but. Which Disney um, princess are you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um. You know, I do like um, hill tests and a track test. Um, and on the track, you have a, like an intervals test or repeats test um, and a tempo test. And then I think we do a VO2 max test, which might be like your old school gym beeping test. If you Did you ever do that in gym? I didn't. It sounds really familiar, but I don't. I mean, anything that has to do with like breathing, I sucked at because I've had asthma my entire life. So oh, I've, that's awful. I've never been able to succeed in breathing tests ever. So. 
Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> there's this commercial actually, and it, I don't know if you've seen it, so I may just be, you know, rambling, but there's a commercial, it's like an anti-smoking commercial and it shows a set of like tiny lungs that look really sick that are trying to snowboard with everybody else. And other people oh, are no. like, like, Hey little lungs. They keep it like, so that's become kind of my nickname. It's like, Hey little lungs. Oh no. That's, that's awful. <laughs> it is what it is. I've lived with it my entire life. We're, we're getting by. I've got medication. Okay. I'm glad that little lungs is getting by and that you're not too sad about it. Like, <laughs> um, but I'm sure that running has improved it a little bit, right? Like, I don't yeah, know. you know what really, true. what's really improved it a lot in all honesty, this is, I, I'm sure this would not be the case for everyone, but it would be a case for some people is eating specific foods and the right foods has helped yeah. a lot. Um, I've, I've noticed that, um, when I remove a lot of processed foods, I, I stopped eating dairy. When I remove some of these things from my diet, uh, my breathing increases so much better. Like it's, it's amazing. I, I did like a clean eating program for three weeks. I used my inhaler once in the three weeks that I did it what? when before I was using it like once or twice a day. So oh my goodness. Like it's such, it was such a big change that it's one of those like scared straight moments where I was like, Oh my gosh, like just doing this, even though it may be more work to like prepare all your food all the time and, and do all that effort it's got so many health benefits to me that like, it's worth it to take that time and to focus on that. Yeah. That's really cool. Is that like a, um, because it like lowers inflammation? Is that I think something? That's it. Yeah. My doctor was saying yeah. it's, that's probably the case, um, has a lot yeah. to do with inflammation. So I've been, I've been working my, my progress here the last couple of months has been working on eating and getting diet right. And now I'm getting back into exercising now that I've kind of gotten used to that situation. So it's like baby steps. And I also have a goal yep. of half marathon in the spring of next year. So <gasps> I'm kind of working my way into it. Which one Nashville. do you know yet? I'm going to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, that's really cool. I was going to say come to Utah, but fine. I, I do. Um, <laughs> Utah's on my, I want to do one in every state. That's my goal in life is to do it in every state. And I've got seven yes. checked off, uh, but Utah, I have not made it. I've done California and Wyoming, but I haven't done Utah yet. So. Oh, this is very exciting. Maybe 2023. So good Maybe 2023. Okay. Yeah. We can plan for that. That sounds great. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I recently talked to a doctor that was talking about reducing inflammation through diet instead of just, um, through taking a bunch of medicine and it's fascinating. And it really is the difference when you're just eating whole vegetables, you know, compared to my usual diet of like frozen pizza and Cheetos. Like, right. it's just like so incredible, like how much better you feel. So, and it's crazy too. Like when I, I we, uh, we were getting ready for Halloween, you know, we're ahead of the game obviously, but, uh, we had uh, our neighbor, uh, had some surgery. One of their kids had surgery. So we made like a little treat bucket for him just to try to make him feel better. So we bought this bag of like the snack packs of like Cheetos and Doritos and stuff and, and threw a few in there. So we had a few extra and I was like, just, I don't know. I was hungry one afternoon. So I grabbed one of these are the mini bags. And after I ate it, I felt awful. And, oh, it's yeah. like, and it's amazing that what a tiny little bag of those can make you feel like if you haven't been eating that stuff for a while. Like I realized immediately that was a very poor decision on my part. I know. And it's horrible. And it's like, why does your brain tell you go eat that? Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you 100% on that. I think uh, also for part two of Master the Marathon, you should team up with a dietitian and have like a recipe plan to go with it. I would love to do recipes in there. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. have, like I I work with a dietitian right now who is incredible and has really helped me a lot because that was something that was really lacking on my part sure. <laughs> as nutrition. Lacking you know? for most people, honestly. It really is. It really is. So, you know, and getting the right amount of calories um, and I'm not saying like cutting calories, like most people are yeah. under eating when they're training but they have to be like the right kind of calories. They have to be like, you know, really good whole foods. And it's, it is a struggle. It's a struggle every day, I think for most people. So I think it's like um, hard to, to tell people like, here's how you eat better. But at the same time, like with the right recipes and the right mindset, it, it really can make a difference. So yeah. Okay. Version two, I will write that down. Biscuits <laughs> and healthy food. <laughs> uh, not to keep getting off topic. Cause I do have one more, you know, kind of thing on the book that I want to touch on with you. But, um, 
I, I've been tracking my food uh, with like a, a meal tracker. And I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent perfect with tracking because I'm just way too lazy to like look up the exact, like everything in their library of food. Um, but I was looking at it a couple of days ago. I tracked everything I ate for the day. I felt very satisfied. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't, and I had only eaten like a thousand calories, which was a yep. thousand below my daily allotment that I'm supposed to be like, my doctor right. wants me at about 2000 calories per day. And here I was with only a thousand and I felt like pretty satisfied. I'm like, I should be crushing more food right now. But you're mm -hmm. right. Like when you're eating the right vegetables and the right foods, like you, you're not, you don't need to cut out food to where you're starving. You could actually eat more than you probably expect that you can. Absolutely. Yes. You can eat more than you are when you're eating like nonsense. Like, yeah, it's really true. And then when your activity level goes up, you, so many people are like, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon to lose weight. And right. so because I'm going to, or any race, honestly, I'm going to eat the same amount of calories, but I'm going to put in, you know, five hours of running per week and think that I'm going to live on that. Like, no, like that's, that's so crazy. Right. So yeah, I really am a strong advocate for like e examining your calorie intake, not to restrict, but to make sure that you're getting what you need. Like, I think that that's um, something everybody can actually do through those trackers. And you can actually like, the upgraded ones, don't they like help you with your macros and micros nutrients? I too? think so. I don't yeah. concern myself quite as much with those yet. I can only wrap my brain around certain things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> uh, but you also mentioned just there, you said any race. And I think Master the Marathon, even though it is about running a marathon, you can use so much of this information for any race. Like this is not- I truly think yeah, so, yeah. It's not just a marathon book. Yes, that's the, the goal for this book is like you're telling people how they can run a marathon. But if you run a, want to run a half marathon, there's still amazing information here that can help you get there too. I hope so. Like, yeah, I actually think that um, so many people getting to, getting to the marathon is like a string of races, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I you really do start at a 5K and then um, go from there. You don't have to necessarily like run a race because that costs money, but whatever. Um, yeah, but if you're interested in just running like a 5K this can get you to that, right? Like there's just infinite wisdom and it's not, I'm not bragging on myself. Like <laughs> it's the other people that helped me write this that, you know, really have given me such great information that could help anybody at any stage of running. All right. So one last thing that I want to touch on here is you talk about imagery and perspectives in this book. And I know but, for some people like I'm one of those people that read somewhere that if you smile while you're running, you kind of trick your brain into thinking you enjoy yourself. So I'm the crazy person you might run by with this huge shitting grin on his face. You're like, yes. Why is that guy smiling so big? And I'm like, I'm just trying to trick my brain into thinking we enjoy this. Yes. Yes. It's true. That is a true scientific thing. Yeah. <laughs> totally um yeah there's a lot of mind trickery you can you can do and one of them um that I, I talk about a lot is the imagery and so that's like doing something outside of running but it's about running so um the, to get like great results like I say to imagine yourself on a training run first. So not even the race situation. If you want to like master your long run for that week, um, it's like an exercise where you like lie down and you close your eyes and you imagine yourself running, you know, your long run and you're enjoying it. And, you know, you're seeing yourself like really um, hit the paces you want to hit. Or like, let's say you want to, quicken your cadence. Um, I have people like kind of go inside themselves and visualize their legs turning over faster. Um, so there's like different ways that you can see yourself too, obviously. And that's either in first person point of view and or third person point of view. So you can use them for different ways to imagine things. And I'm explaining this like kind of horribly because like there's exercises <laughs> that go with it. I think that like using your brain and the images in your brain to improve your performance will help you get into zone. Like that's the ultimate goal of sure. that. Um, and you can also like, you won't even recognize that you are improving on the things that you're visualizing necessarily, but all of a sudden you'll be like, Oh, wow, 
that felt a little easier. I felt a little lighter. Um, and it's based on like the mental exercises that you've been doing outside of running. And granted, not everybody has like five minutes per day to do this kind of stuff, but it can take the place of your meditation practice if you have that time. <laughs> Being, you know, mindfulness is such an important thing. And I know that for some people, it sounds all like hippy dippy and people try to stay away from it. Like, oh, what does that mean to me? But it really, it really does have a big impact on you if you're able to sit down and focus and, and work on that. Yeah. Mindfulness is a huge one in running. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, being aware of your body, being aware of what's hurting, that's all part of mindfulness. It's not all about like literally smelling flowers. It's about like, you know, noticing the aches and pains inside of you, noticing tightness because tightness is a precursor to pain. Um, and, and being able to remedy that before it, you know, becomes an injury or being mindful in the fact of, um, am I being negative towards myself? Am I beating myself up and mindfully reframing that? So you are kinder to yourself because, um, the more you beat yourself up, the slower you're going to go. It's just how it goes. Um, and if you're kinder to yourself, you actually will improve your performance. So yeah, mindfulness, I don't know why it's become like a dirty word to some people because it, it really is just about being like aware of yourself and your surroundings and, being able to like problem solve based on that. Do you make people in your life now, instead of just saying like Allie, make them call you author Allie Nolan? I do. Yes. <laughs> no. Your husband's like, Allie, you're like, excuse me, author Allie. <laughs> yeah. I'm basically like, uh, no. I, and I, we were manifesting everything. So it's like, best-selling author, Allie. Yes. No, no. <laughs> well, the book has been, when we're having this conversation, the book has been out for about a week now, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, have you seen like good things so far? Are you feeling, po I mean, I don't even know if that's something that you track yet. I don't know. I'm not tracking it. I'm sure people that are important are tracking it for me, which is cool. But, um, I was on good morning America three today, oh, which is exciting. I missed that. Yeah. Oh, man. I'll send you the link oh, because of do. course I'm a millennial and I don't have television. You I know? don't either. So, like, so that's great. I haven't even watched it. Like, <laughs> send you the link but anyway like yeah so hopefully like it's doing well I don't know and um you know getting the word out is is tough but it's also kind of exciting to try to tell people that they should run a marathon like yeah <laughs> well it's coming out the perfect time too because we're like entering into fall race season so it's here at the perfect time for people to pick it up now maybe if you were trying to run a marathon this fall it might not be the <laughs> perfect time for you but it's a great yeah. thing to get now while you're you know thinking about running and getting into races and you know something to prepare for next year Absolutely. Cause like I said, it should take 12 to 18 yes. months to prepare for a marathon. <laughs> I truly believe that. And everybody can disagree with me, but yeah, that that's the way to go. <laughs> well, Allie, I love the book. I, I love talking to you. I love that we've become zoom internet friends over the last couple of years. I think it's fantastic. You're just such a, a good person with a great energy about you. Uh, I will forever call you the Ted Lasso of running now. Um, Thank you. So yes. <laughs> we're going to make this a thing. Uh, <laughs> where can people so go glad. to find out more information about you in the book oh let's see you can go to amazon first of all that's like the easiest place to get sure. the book but um follow me on instagram at ali ali noll um or check out my website which is ali nolan.org ali nolan.org well ali uh, i hope that we speak again in the near future i'm just so proud of you and so happy for all of this so Thank you for your time. And uh, thank yeah, you. I'm just excited. For now you. I'm crying. Thank you so much. <laughs> I want I want to see us in the bookshelf and be like, I know her. I know. I, I know Allie. And you should go stand and tell people that as well. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I haven't been going into a lot of stores except for like grocery stores recently. But if I do enter a bookstore and I see it, I will make sure I put all of your books on an end cap. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what I'm doing it too. Like 100%. <laughs> yes. Big thank you to Allie Nolan for spending some time with me for this conversation. Her book, Master the Marathon, The Ultimate Guide for Women, is available now wherever you get your books. And thank you to all of you for listening today as well. Please subscribe to Adult Education so you'll be notified of all future episodes and updates and leave a rating and review if you're able to. Also, we are on social media if you want to follow us there, Adult Education Podcast on Instagram and Adult Ed Podcast on Twitter. Until next time, be well.